0: So big, secrets in there. Welcome to episode 771 of Effectively Wild, daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, presented by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I am Ben Lindbergh of 538, joined by Sam Miller of Baseball Prospectus, sitting in the Stomper's office in Sonoma, California. Yo. First time we've ever recorded a show from there. Mm. Anything you want to say?
1: Uh, no. What are you talking about today? I think a few things. I wanted to know what you're talking about before I know whether we're going to go on to what we're talking about. Ah, uh,
0: okay. Uh, some some Harper and Trout, some... Oh,
1: good! I was... Good. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I want to do like a three-minute draft that is Harper and Trout related. <laughs> probably even less than that. No explanation needed. Rapid fire. We could probably do it in 80 seconds. <laughs> okay. Uh, so tell me when we're ready. Alright,
0: well, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about some baseball dirt and gossip that we've heard the last couple days that's been kind of fun and i don't know maybe something else but if you want to start with harper and trout we could do that
1: well why don't we do something else because it takes a slight amount of work on my end to get this ready
0: Ah, okay all right well the most enjoyable thing about yesterday was the andy Vents like interview on cbs radio in st louis and He went on and he dished a bunch of dirt on a few different people. There was some some Yasiel Puig stuff that seemed like it probably came from his son, Scott Van who has been a teammate of Yasiel Puig, and he told a story about the highest-paid person on the Dodgers demanding that or asking or suggesting that Puig be traded. And he was very specific about who that person was, He said it was the highest-paid player, and then the host said, oh, is this an Adrian Gonzalez story? And he said, nope, highest-paid player. (laughs) And then the host said, Clayton Kershaw, and then Vince said, I didn't say that. (laughs) 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 So that was pretty great, and I wonder what Scott thought when he heard that. That's probably going to be somewhat awkward (laughs) if he told that story in confidence, Anyway, Van like has been, he was obviously a former player, he's been a coach, and you just don't tend to hear this sort of thing from people in baseball. And it's fun, in a way, when we do, when we get these rare glimpses. Much of what he said was about Robinson Cano, and Van Slyke was a Mariners coach, and he did not have nice things to say about Robinson Cano. In fact, I believe he said that Cano had like the worst season he's ever seen.
1: He said he's the worst everyday <laughs> player he's ever seen. Yeah. He also said he he also said the worst second base defense he's ever seen. Which, yes. To be fair, his defense wasn't uh, doesn't look great on metrics after a long career of great metrics. Mm-hmm. And Svan Slyke was clear that he was talking about sort of range and preparation and uh-huh. not not botching airs, which is probably good awareness on Van Slyke's part because, uh, boy, it's hard to say the worst defensive second baseman ever
0: made six errors yeah. in the whole year. Uh, right. So
1: he did anticipate your— so it shows battle. the progress
0: of the understanding of defense. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, he said that he couldn't drive home Miss Daisy, which was <clears throat> like a good line, I guess. And he basically claimed that Cano cost everyone their job. <laughs> like, everyone— GM, hitting coach, himself, everyone got fired because of Robinson. You yeah. know, basically worst, though...
1: <laughs> worst everyday player he's ever seen, and that Nelly Cruz was, was... the was the best hitter he's ever seen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: Or what did he say? He I said the most, like locked most dominant
0: or something like. Yeah, that.
1: the most dominant or something like that for four
0: months. Yeah, and as you pointed out, the craziest part was that the host actually ended the segment. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Man. One point, Vance likes, like, oh man, how much time do we have left? And the host is like three minutes, and you can just see the host going, no, why did I say that? <laughs> yeah, this
0: is forever, the greatest Andy, forever. radio. And, and he, yeah, so he did say nice things about some people, so it wasn't like he is just a guy who hates everyone. So, and Cano, of course, had like a typical Cano second half. I mean, he was terrible in the first half, but. He had some injury stuff going on, and he came back and was fantastic. He was exactly the sort of guy that they were paying for in the second half, but that apparently didn't improve Andy Van opinion of him at all. And Van has has like, always been a outspoken guy or a quotable guy, so this isn't necessarily new, but it is new because you never really hear this sort of thing from people in baseball about other people in baseball unless it's anonymous. And the Mariners have been the source of, like, the juiciest gossip that we've heard over the last few years with the Jeff Baker article that came out in the Seattle Times a couple of years that described the dysfunction of the Mariners' front office. And really, like, no one who was quoted in that article has worked in baseball since then, I don't think. Like, the primary sources for that were Tony Bungino— And Eric Wedge and Carmen Fusco, the the scouting guy, I'm pretty sure none of those people has had a job in baseball or doesn't have one now, and there could be other reasons for that. Maybe they don't want another job in baseball, but it does sort of support the idea that this is why people don't say interesting things on the record, because maybe you're not going to get another job, because unless you are... Awesome at whatever you do No one wants someone who they feel like Is a loose cannon or is gonna Come out and, and say a bunch of Terrible stuff about you when they're gone But uh, it's fun for, for us I guess To hear this sort of thing Because it's not the sort of thing that we usually hear And I guess it's a continuation Of things that we've Heard about Cano I mean when he was in New York it was always the He doesn't hustle And he doesn't try to beat out base hits and i did an article on that once about how you know it probably only costs him a few hits a year and one if you're more
1: one of your better articles
0: thank you and if he's you know saving himself from a single hamstring pull or something it's probably worth it to the team but definitely contributed to a fan perception of him and maybe a front office perception or field staff perception of him and certainly didn't seem like the Yankees were too broken up about him departing. So I guess this is the Cano reputation, even when he is awesome. And so when he's not awesome and when he's slumping, then everyone's even quicker to turn on him. But I guess this is why we never hear this sort of stuff. It's because people want to keep their jobs or they want to get new jobs. And it's hard to do. And I guess you really have to be pushed far by some sort of front office Ownership dysfunction to actually Get to the point of saying these Things publicly so that's fun And then there's lots of Marlins stuff that came out also And I mean that Is maybe not so surprising because it's The Marlins and they made a GM their manager which Was weird and you figured there would be some Kind of fallout from that I didn't actually Think it sounded that bad I don't know if you read the report from Andy Slater who Is a a local TV guy or radio guy And he came out with these Stories about the Marlins Clubhouse that have kind of been Verified or you know elaborated On by other people And it didn't sound that much Worse to me than I would imagine A losing team owned by Jeffrey Loria that made a GM The manager would be Like it you know there's some Negativity and Jeff Baker Was like handing out clown noses And Playing circus music and stuff, which
1: different different Jeff Baker than you previously. Yes, not the Seattle Times. By the way, (laughs)
0: right?
1: That guy gets around.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, and like you know, like Marlins owner Jeffrey Loria implemented a team rule stating that players and coaches are not permitted to wear pullover hoodies during batting practice or in the dugout during a game. And then a player source says Jose Fernandez doesn't care about that rule. I mean. I'm sure no one would care about that rule. So (laughs) that doesn't really say that much to me about this clubhouse. Or, you know, Casey McGee, like, getting mad at Fernandez because Fernandez was late to a game or something. I mean, this, you know, this seems like typical rookie veteran stuff. I mean, we saw it this year with David Wright and Noah Syndergaard, right? And that team went to the World Series, and both of those players were good. So that stuff happens on baseball teams and it doesn't necessarily affect the team and the Marlins played better under Jennings than they had under Redmond at least record wise they improved slightly after that hiring and I don't know the the stuff about the front office not really liking Fernandez or Fernandez asking about when he's going to get traded which it's not clear to me whether he's kind of joking like whether that's just gallows humor that you have to have if you're a young player with the marlins because young players with the marlins almost always get traded and that seems like the attitude that i would have if i were a young star with the marlins is when i'm when am i gonna get traded so i don't know not not like a huge shocker that things aren't great all the time with the marlins and not everyone is thrilled to be with the marlins but anyway it's been a good week for baseball gossip yeah, I uh,
1: was was interested in some of those details, but I don't. I was not convinced that there was anything abnormal about that
0: no clubhouse neither. or anything like that. Neither was I. Maybe that's a product of being in the Stompers clubhouse and seeing the stuff that happens. But even if we hadn't done that, it just doesn't sound to me like it's so far out of the ordinary. The weird thing is when you start hearing front office people and coaches talk about things. That's a little more unusual. So So
1: so what is the uh, I I have seen I don't know if they came from the same report but I have seen re- reports this week referred to that the Marlins are worried or you know want to trade or might trade out Jose Fernandez because of his attitude or they don't like his attitude or whatever about his attitude and that always that sort of struck me as odd because Fernandez was considered an elite makeup guy when yeah. he was young. That was a huge part of his uh, first of all his prospect write-ups but also the fact that he was able to come up when he was you know it had basically never pitched above high a and go straight to the majors it was because he was an elite makeup guy mm-hmm. and uh, you know frankly if it, who cares what your attitude is if you're an elite makeup guy I mean if it depends what and you mean an
0: elite by makeup. player <laughs> yeah right.
1: yeah it depends what you mean by makeup usually you mean it either uh, gives you the mental fortitude to make yourself. Uh, the best person best player you can possibly be or you're good around your teammates and maybe as a prospect uh, his personality was seen as uh, being very strong in the former and I don't know maybe now that he is uh, in a major league clubhouse they focus more on the latter I don't really know it's I, I'm not I have no position on Jose Fernandez's makeup but it's uh, weird to see a guy's behavior sort of the perception of it change so much within the organization
0: yeah and it's not new for their stars and Faces of the franchise to be unhappy With management I mean Stanton Stanton. Had his own dissatisfaction And tweets and when the Marlins traded everyone And he ended up signing the long term Extension so if you're a Marlin you're going to be unhappy at some Point probably so And the Marlins also evidently Jeffrey Loria hates Marcelo Zuna and Marcelo Zuna probably hates Jeffrey Loria because of the service time Manipulation stuff so Standard Marlins I wonder, it does sort of
1: feel like every Marlins star for the last 12 years has had some sort of bump where they they were like on the outs with their organization. I wonder yeah. if that's well, true or if I'm selectively remembering.
0: Why wouldn't be you be? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll either if you're a Marlins star, either you you're frustrated because there aren't enough other good players or you're, Getting jerked around or you're always the subject of trade rumors Or you're not going to get signed and you just want to get it over with So I can understand why a Marlins player would be unhappy to be a Marlin Anyway, we can move on to Harper and Trout mm-hmm. Alright,
1: I sent you a file I see that you got to go real quick because this is a boring draft <laughs> okay. Real quick, okay So it's just got to be, like this has to be instinct This has to be, you know, the blink test, okay Yeah. So I've listed... Harper and Trout, for each year from now until 2034, and you're going to just pick a year, and that year's off the board, and then I'm going to pick a year, and that year's off the board, and we're going to see who gets more warp, okay? (laughs) Okay. So you're picking the player and the year All right. for when you think these guys are going to be the most valuable. So there are different philosophies you could have here, and I'm not sure what your philosophy will be. We will do it very quickly, okay? You Ready? All right. You go first.
0: Okay, I'll start with Harper 2019.
1: All right, I'll go Trout 2017.
0: All right, Harper 2018.
1: Okay, I'll go Harper 2016.
0: Okay, Trout 2016.
1: I already took that. Oh,
0: Trout 2017.
1: Okay, I'll take uh, Harper. Uh, no, Trout 2018.
0: Okay, Trout two thousand nineteen. Ah, uh, <laughs> Harper twenty twenty. All right, uh, Harper twenty twenty one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm switching from Trout to Harper. All right, Harper twenty seventeen. Ah, uh, is that not taken? That was still on the board. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Harper twenty twenty
1: two. Harper 2022. You, wow, you're going all Harpers and you're just going straight up the
0: line, huh? I, I took one trout in there, but yeah. All
1: right, Harper 2023.
0: All right. Um, switching to trout. Ah, 20 What's the soonest 20, I can 2020. Take? 2020.
1: Okay. I'll take uh Harper 2024.
0: All right. Trout 2021.
1: I should I say all right, <laughs> trout 2022.
0: Okay. Harper 2024 already taken oh. you can
1: do trout 23 or heart or trout 24 or harper 25
0: mm, okay trout 23
1: okay i will take i'm going trouts all the way uh-huh. trout 24
0: okay so can i just <laughs> take all the harpers all the way yeah, yeah. all right okay done great draft <laughs> yeah
1: i loved it the fire <laughs> the energy everybody you everybody at home playing along yeah <laughs> with their spreadsheets <laughs> furiously written by hand.
0: Um, so I guess the interesting thing maybe is that we both switched back and forth a lot. I like with no discernible pattern. <laughs>
1: well and it's interesting I, I went all recency at first. Like I I'm very I think that 2016 is the best year that you can bet on for either of them. I would uh-huh. not expect I would not bank on growth. I I would neither bank on growth Nor would I want to absorb that risk
0: Mm -hmm. Okay so yeah So I wanted to bring this up because We periodically do a Harper Trout episode we did one In episode 282 You know Ben this
1: is by the way this is a Great draft
0: result for me because
1: The odds are that by the Well by the end of the first year I'm going to have a huge lead on you That's true and if I just Kill the podcast before the Second year (laughs) I'll never have to address anything else.
0: Good point. Yeah. So we did a Harper and Trout episode in September of 2013 when it was very clearly Trout in a landslide. And then we did a Harper and Trout episode 672, and that was early May of this year. And we reassessed them then, and we talked about how Trout had clearly been ahead since basically the beginning of his first full season and that there hadn't really been any reason to think otherwise in the two years since then and I think I just went back and listened and you thought there would be a ninety 98% chance that Trout would be the better player over the course of their careers and this was you know a month into the season obviously Harper was having an excellent season and so that made us reconsider a little bit but We still hadn't seen enough to switch from our trout-first perspective, and you were wondering if there would ever be a period when Harper will be better than Trout, and you said that you weren't sure whether a single season would be enough to tell us, but that if a healthy Harper ever has a better year than a healthy Trout, then you would be comfortable saying that Harper was better than Trout over that single season. So I will ask, now that Harper had a unanimous MVP season and Trout had a runner-up MVP season. Are you comfortable saying that Bryce Harper was better in 2015 than Mike Trout? Who oh, was it, it's, better? It's really close. I mean, by war it's, you know, it's like half a win basically separating yeah. them. Harper and ahead.
1: And uh and all the systems you know have their own little differences and mm-hmm. Oh there's a margin yeah, in I, the in the measurement as well as a margin in just the 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 way that events cluster together.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh and it's very it's very consistent. I mean like Fangrass, it's half a win, Baseball Reference it's half a win, BP it's actually a full win, 11 wins to 10 wins. Every system had Harper first and Trout second by a small amount like within the margin of error basically. So I guess you you can say that Harper clearly had the better offensive season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, you know, they were both valuable in other ways, but basically it just comes down to Trout was, by the metrics, a pretty good center fielder, and Harper was, by the metrics, a pretty good right fielder, and a pretty good center fielder gets more value than a pretty good center fielder. So it's just a question of, Whether you think that overcomes the offensive difference or whether there's a big enough gap there to really say that one was better than the other. And it's really close. uh,
1: So your answer is, am I confident in saying that or something like that? And no, I wouldn't be confident either way.
0: Uh But if you had to pick
1: one? If I had to pick one uh, last year, last year, if if I had to take their true talents last year, I would rather have had Bryce Harper. Yes. Well, I shouldn't say true talent. They're, true, they're demonstrated mm-hmm. talent, their performance. I would rather have Bryce Harper than Mike Trout.
0: I think I would too.
1: I'm not sure that I believe there is a big enough difference in their defense that Harper couldn't also play center field. That, yeah, he
0: played center for right, no, I know, but games I mean, or something. Yeah. At,
1: right, but I'm saying at a, at a level close enough to Trout that uh, that is smaller than the offensive gap.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Harper had the hottest hot streak ever. Like <laughs> we we thought that at the time when we talked about him turning the corner.
1: He did and, turn the corner.
0: Yes, he definitely turned the corner. And Trout was already around the corner. And then I looked at that statistically with Rob McEwen's help at BP, and it really was the hottest hot streak ever over, you know, spans of 50 or 60 or 70 or whatever play appearances. No one had ever been hotter, at least in the last 60 or 70 years. So it's hard to ignore that. Just the fact that, like, for a period of a couple weeks or whatever it was, Harper was just better than anyone, like better than Barry Bonds over any couple weeks. So hard to. That makes a big impression just to see that. But obviously, it wasn't confined to just a couple of weeks. So I think I agree that if I could, I mean, yes, the demonstrated ability and even like if I could just replay that season a thousand times, I think I'd probably draft Bryce Harper right ahead of Mike Trout.
1: I'd rather have the guy who has Bryce Harper's distribution of value. Uh huh. Mike Trout's distribution of of value. It might be look if it's if it's the old like if you had to start a team question, uh, then maybe uh, I'd take Trout. But again, like I think that Bryce Harper, uh, you know, I think that Bryce Harper could play center field if you needed a center fielder. I mean, he's I think he could play center field better than Cespedes could. -hmm. I think he could play center field better than you know some center fielders do. So even even that positional value that Trout brings in roster building isn't necessarily. Uh, that big uh an advantage uh are we still talking about this uh, yeah mm-hmm. okay because i i do want to bring up another thing about trout but not until you're done okay with your rhythm
0: well so if you were in may 98 percent certain that at, in the end trout would be the better player just over the body of his career than trout what percentage are you at now?
1: This was all going forward, right? This is not This is um, not who will end with more war.
0: Well, we could talk about it two different ways. So, What was my 98%? I think, that, I think 98% was cumulative, was from day one to the last day of both and players' so, careers.
1: So Trout has plus 20 on him right now. Yeah. And one fewer year of life left, presumably.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Or, yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to forecast their death dates but yes like should, we do, dra- should we do a draft <laughs> <laughs> probably not
1: so t- uh, what are the odds that Bryce Harper makes up 20 I mean geez dude he's there's a pretty good chance he's gonna make up 7 or so next year mm-hmm. and so then he what are the chances he makes up 14 or 12 or somewhere in there uh,
0: I, I mean, give Trout, Trout still had like the best start well, to a career so
1: Trout is still Trout still might have been the best player in baseball last mm-hmm. year
0: yeah right.
1: uh, and I don't. I I guess I would give Trout like uh like eighty eighty mm-hmm. percent, seventy seventy to eighty percent, probably eighty percent chance to win the career war total.
0: Okay, and then a from today on total,
1: like fifty two percent.
0: Uh, so you'd still rather start the franchise with Trout right now?
1: I would. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Man, that's a tough one. <laughs> I don't know. 52% is probably about right. I don't really know who should be first, but yeah. I don't know. It's those extra want, pop-ups that Trout runs out that Harper doesn't. Makes do you want dishes. to uh,
1: do you want to know their Picota projections for next year? Sure. Let me see. I think that or I have next them. 10 years. I think I have them. Trout's comparables this year are John Carlos Stanton, Yassiel Puig and Frank Thomas, which is very interesting and in which will lead into the question that I have uh, for you. So he's a projected eight-warp player Mm -hmm. next year. Harper is a projected five-warp player. And his comparables, Jason Hayward, Bernie Carbo, and Mike Trout.
0: Mm. Wow.
1: I can get you the ten years. The long-term forecast for Bryce Harper is basically 54 over the next – uh nine years
0: uh-huh
1: so a six win player through the next nine years, which will only take him to age thirty one by the way so, <laughs> right. so that's like you know nothing and then trout uh is like uh like sixty
0: uh-huh
1: okay over the next nine years All right. and so so that's yeah that's pretty close yeah. i mean that's about that prob- that Pekoda would probably say there's a f- high fifties percentage chance that yeah. trout is better than harper going forward but of course look we have like this will be decided i mean if you look at a lot of players careers the, the, you know ultimately whether they get to 160 like bonds or they get to 90 like griffey has much less to do with what they do in their 20s and much more to do with what they do in their 30s and we have no no re- no meaningful way of predicting what they're going to do in their mm-hmm. 30s what their careers are going to be none zero it okay. is like it is like doing you know the 10 day weather forecast out mm-hmm. to forever right you just cannot at a certain point you cannot do it and so probably a pretty good bet is just to say it's kind of a coin flip going forward mm-hmm. but with a little edge to who you think is better right now and i think right now that trout is a little better than harper still okay so it's, now can i ask you my yeah, trout thing go ahead Trout, of course, has had, as has been noted many times, has had four astoundingly good years that are in a lot of ways very different good years. Uh, and all of them are basically nine to ten win seasons, sometimes getting up to 11 on one metric or as low as seven or eight in another metric. All of them pretty much agree that the total is about the same. And he has had the year where he's led the league in steals. He's had the year where he led the league in slugging this past year. He had the year where he led the league in walks, year two. The year where he led the league in strikeouts, year three. He's been four very different, well, in some ways, four different players over the course of those four years. All more or less the same value. Which of those players is your favorite trout? Or if if you could lock that trout in for 10 years, Mm -hmm. which would you want?
0: I think the first one. The no. one who
1: does everything, who's an elite center fielder, who's an elite base runner, who yeah,
0: in, I mean, mid-August,
1: in mid-August in was leading the league in offensive runs, base
0: running runs, right. and field runs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like the first album you hear by a band is your favorite album by that band, that kind of thing. But I think just he was just so good at every single thing. That was It was just fun to look at every leaderboard and see him at the top of it. Even if he's just as valuable now or pretty close to as valuable now. And I mean, I I kinda like the forty home run hitter trout too. Like I'm curious to see how far that can go. I mean yeah. when he gets a little older is is he gonna add even more power? Is he gonna be a fifty homer guy? Yeah. So I'm I'm fascinated to see where he goes next, but I guess it's unlikely that he's going to go all the way back. To 2012 Trout, who just did everything incredibly well. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether he actually was. I mean, you watched him more regularly than I did. I don't know whether his defense that year was so clearly better than his defense since, and whether it he really did seem to be like on the very short list of best defenders in baseball, or whether that was. More of a, you know, statistical fluctuation sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, he was just the best at everything except, like, throwing. Like, people would talk about how he just kind of had an average arm or something. And that was, like, the worst thing you could possibly come up with to say about him. So, I think that will be the trout that I remember the most.
1: Yeah. His, uh, it's... He's always kind of, uh... When when he's compared in MVP votes and things like that, it's always talked about how well he's you know he's such a well-rounded player he's he's good at everything and all that and in a way it it's almost like his bat his just his pure bat has become like tremendously underrated like Mm -hmm. he's got the eighth highest OPS plus in history and he hasn't even hit like he hasn't hit his decline years that's true but he also hasn't come close to his peak years and he's he's I mean he's essentially hitting. He's putting up the numbers that, like, the best hitters in the 90s were putting up. Mm -hmm. And he's doing it in a pitcher's park, in a pitcher's era, at 23. I mean, he's got his OPA—partly this is because Pujols has had some of his decline years, but he's he's a better hitter in his career than Albert Pujols. He's a better hitter in his career than Stan Musial. He's a better hitter in his career than Frank Thomas. He's a better hitter in his career— probably than Hank Aaron mm-hmm. uh, to this point overall. And um, that's like kind of like you're right. It, if there's, if you put him in a park that boosted his power a bit, if you give, if you, if the era comes back a little bit to a more, you know, neutral or hitter friendly era, this guy is like, a, you know, he's a, he's potentially a 60 home run hitter, mm-hmm. which nobody even saw the thirties coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of what frustrated me about the first Trout Cabrera debate was that everyone was making the, like, Cabrera is clearly the better hitter, but Trout makes up for it in all these other ways. But, like, Trout was just as good a hitter that year as Cabrera was, at least park adjusted wise. And, I mean, I guess Cabrera, you know, played a few more games and had a few more plate appearances. And so maybe the, the bulk of what he did was better, but on a per plate appearance basis, rookie trout was just as good as Miguel Cabrera that year. And you yeah, didn't even with, really need like the pace running and the defense and all the other things that made the separation clear.
1: With the exception of Cabrera's second MVP, which is yeah, right. really a phenomenal yes. I mean, that was and that was his best year by far as a hitter. With the exception of that Basically, Trout's four years are Miguel Cabrera's four best years
0: yeah. of his career at this right. point.
1: And, uh, yeah, I mean, they were, they right, you're right. They were the same hitter and then Trout had it. Let's talk about the 2012 MVP voting <laughs> again <laughs> forever
0: and ever. <laughs> All right, so that's it for this week. You can send us emails for next week at podcast at com. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com groups slash effectively wild and rate and review and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Please support our sponsor, the Play Index, baseballreference.com. We use it every day. Use the coupon code BP when you subscribe to get the discounted price of $30 on one year subscription. Have a nice weekend. We'll be back next week.